0: I want to share with you guys our favorite toothpaste that the entire family uses. It's called Risewell. And Risewell is a fluoride-free toothpaste that has all non-toxic, safe ingredients. So it's even safe if swallowed, which makes it perfect for young children. I love Risewell because... Unlike some of the other natural and non-toxic toothpaste on the market, Risewell contains an ingredient called hydroxyapatite, which is a naturally occurring mineral that actually has been scientifically proven to strengthen and protect our teeth without the use of fluoride. You can save 10% now with the code KULIK10 when you go to risewell.com. And again, that code is KULIK, K-U-L-I-K-10. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, I want to dive a little bit more in depth about sleep associations. So sleep associations have a bad reputation. They're often referred to as sleep crutches, sleep props, or just even bad habits. A sleep association is something that a person associates with going to sleep or with bedtime, but the truth is, is that we all have sleep associations. So I want to kind of dissect our culture's thoughts about sleep associations a bit. And I thought it would be interesting to start with some examples of what sleep associations adults have. So I reached out to To the Instagram community, and I asked people to send me some voice messages of the different associations that they have or that they need to get to sleep and to help them be comfortable. And so let's listen to a few of those. I have to have my arm under my pillow and my eye mask over my eyes to block out any light in a completely dark room. I always need to sleep with a fan, two pillows, and my body pillow. We basically, my husband and I, have to have a fan and an air purifier on at all times. We have an infant, and the infant is sleeping in a bassinet in our room. So we also have a sound machine going for them. But as far as some other things that I need to do, I wear one earplug in one ear, while the other ear is on the pillow, covering the sound for that ear as they sleep on my side, if that makes sense. That is definitely something that I need to sleep. So I definitely have sleep associations for myself. I always have to have a fan on, but it can't be blowing directly at me. It has to be, like, angled off to the side so that it's blowing, but, like, I don't feel the wind. (laughs) This is crazy. I also always have to have white noise, steady white noise. And then I also have to be completely covered up with my covers. I can't have my arm out. I can't have, like, my knee out. I have to be fully covered. Every night, we go to sleep with a fan on, and if I'm struggling to fall asleep, I always turn on an audiobook, and that's a surefire way to get me to fall asleep pretty quickly. So my husband makes fun of me because I'm a very specific sleeper, and I guess, yes, they are sleep associations. Um, I definitely have to have my pillow just right I always put on the same lavender and mint lip balm. I put a piece of medical tape over my mouth because I'm a mouth breather and that helps me sleep better. Um, I use my lavender essential oils on my feet and I cannot have him like touching me at all. His hand can't be under my pillow, literally like the princess and the pea, but I do like my foot just barely touching his. So those I think are it. I always have to listen to um, the ocean wave station on Pandora to fall asleep. So I cannot sleep without a fan going whether it is a stand-up fan or just the fan of the furnace anything to block out noise but most importantly I sleep with a head blanket. It is just a blanket that is on my pillow which my aunt made me when I was 8 years old, and I am currently 32. I always sleep better after my kitchen is clean, with my husband also in bed with me, and knowing that my two kids are already settled for the night. I absolutely have to be sleeping with a pillow in between my legs. I usually always have to have a thick, heavy comforter, My feet are usually touching my husband. I have two pillows and a cuddle pillow, I guess you could call it. And we bought a second hatch for our room because now I sleep with it at 7%, which is almost nothing, but it really matters. And I usually can't really fall asleep without it. So I thought those were really interesting, you know, just to hear how other adults do have specific sleep associations or things that they really just need to do before bed in order to sleep well. And personally, I know that I have a really hard time sleeping when my husband's out of town. Um, And so these aren't problems. It's really just human nature. Um, And so anyways, I want to thank you guys so much, all of you who did submit your sleep associations. There were a lot more submissions, and unfortunately, I just wasn't able to share them all, but I really do appreciate you sharing with me. Sleep associations are not wrong or bad. Again, it, it's not frowned upon for adults to have sleep associations or sleep time habits, yet when it's the baby that relies on them, it's, it's yet another aspect of being a normal little human that is pathologized and um, demonized in a way. I believe that it's most helpful to have a toolkit of multiple sleep associations that you can use to help your baby get to sleep. This can really enable mom to get a break and allow other caregivers to help baby to sleep eas- easier. It can also offer caregivers a bit of flexibility in how and where they put baby to sleep. Some examples of common baby sleep associations are the sound a machine needs to be on, maybe you rock your baby to sleep, snuggle your baby to sleep, pat your baby to sleep, um, breastfeeding, nursing, having like a lovey or a comfort item. Some babies need to fall asleep with a pacifier. Some babies like to be bounced to sleep. Um, Some babies associate their sleep sack with sleep. Singing, essential oils, all kinds of things. The list goes on and on. We could go on forever. What's really fascinating to me is that in our culture, and in particular amongst the sleep training industry. Sleep associations that involve some level of parental contact are deemed unacceptable and they're viewed as bad habits. But meanwhile, hands-off sleep associations are perfectly acceptable and even encouraged. So an example of this is that it's not okay, and this is just kind of like um, a big picture societal view, not what I personally think. It's not okay for a parent to rock their baby to sleep This is maybe what the the sleep trainers say, for example, but it's totally okay for a baby to be rocked and vibrated to sleep in a snoo. It's not okay for mom to nurse baby to sleep, but it's totally acceptable for baby to use a pacifier to fall asleep. It just doesn't make sense. It's apparently not okay for caregivers to do exactly what they're meant to do, care for their baby, love their baby, support their baby to sleep. But it is viewed as okay for us to use objects and devices that are supposed to be substitutes for our own bodies and our own love and connection and touch in order to get our babies to sleep. When you look at it like this, the truth is that the caregiver role is just simply not valued in our society and in our culture. And society's priority is about getting baby to be, as, to be independent as quickly as possible. So this is really, in my opinion, the reason why sleep associations have become um, this negative word. But it's not logical when you think about it, right? Why is it okay for a baby to be rocked to sleep in the snoo or use the pacifier to get to sleep, but it's somehow a bad habit for baby to be nursed to sleep? So we've talked a little bit about um, the way that our society tends to view sleep associations and how there's this um, double standard that parent-driven sleep associations are somehow bad or wrong while using products that are really just meant to be substitutes as caregivers is okay. Um, but I also want to just touch on why babies often do need to be supported to sleep and most babies are not going to just fall asleep by themselves without some level of sleep training. Um, and that really is because babies under the age of 12 months attach to their caregiver through the senses. So babies see us, smell us. In the case of breastfeeding, they taste us, they hear us. Um, And this is how they are able to attach to us and form a relationship with us. And so what happens is that if babies are alone in their room, they can't see us, taste us, smell us, hear us, et cetera. And they may begin to feel a a level of anxiety over that separation because they're not meant to be separate from us. And this is a separate conversation, but this is what I help families with and this is what I cover in my e-courses. There are lots of ways for us to um, help them to be a little bit more independent from us if it's appropriate for them at that time. But what I really want to touch on is this understanding of our babies need sensory proximity to us they need to experience us in the same room as them seeing us smelling us tasting us hearing us etc in order to feel secure in their attachment relationship with us and this is how they are designed they are not able to reach more secure and um not secure is not the word I wanted to say, more mature ways of attaching to us until they are older. So attachment comes in phases, and as you allow your baby to depend on you, they begin to be able to attach more um, in a more mature way, which means they can handle a bit more separation as the years go on, but it doesn't happen overnight. And so it's really not reasonable to expect that babies will fall asleep without any parental support. And the other thing I want to touch on is that, you know, sure, we can replicate the sensory experiences. We can give them a pacifier. We can put them in the snoo, um, and we can provide them that movement, that input that they, they need and they crave to go to sleep, but it never substitutes for the connection and proximity to a real caregiver, and that matters too. And so I'm not saying here that it's wrong if your baby goes to sleep with a pacifier or if they go to sleep in the snoo. I just think these are things that we need to consider why do we emphasize one group of associations that don't require any hands-on assistance from a caregiver whereas the other is vilified it doesn't make sense and it's okay if that babies do need sensory proximity to a caregiver to be able to feel safe and secure and um, comfortable enough to fall asleep and so if that's your baby and nothing that you're doing to get them to not need you is working. There's nothing wrong with them. It's really okay. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. Um and I think having that understanding of the way that babies attach to us in the first year of life through the senses can be really really helpful in just accepting the circumstances as they are now. What we know is that babies rely on us to co-regulate and that by offering our bodies our touch our voice etc it helps our babies to feel safe and loved and secure and of course it makes sense that sleep associations are okay when you think of it like this it's perfectly fine for you to support your baby to sleep it's through being supported and guided through this initially in the beginning of a baby's life and slowly taking on them, slowly taking on more and more of that role over time. And I'm I'm talking here about like years of time, not like weeks of time or months of time. It takes years of these experiences. And this is how babies who become children eventually learn to be independent. But this doesn't happen overnight. This takes, again, it takes years of these co-regulation experiences, and the same is true of sleep and getting to sleep and falling back to sleep. Dependence fosters independence. The only negative sleep association is really one that no longer works for you or your family. If you're rocking your baby to sleep for an hour, We need to really figure out one, why it's taking so long to get your baby to sleep. And then two, once we've addressed that, let's work on adding in some other sleep associations. So you can always layer in different sleep associations um, in order to try to change sleep associations that no longer work for you. So an example of this would be for um, a mother who nurses her baby to sleep, and that is the only way baby knows how to get to sleep while mom is nursing baby to sleep she can also add in some some maybe some bum pats some singing or humming um, a sound machine etc so you can pick whatever sleep associations you want to add in and do those things simultaneously while you're nursing your baby to sleep do that for a few weeks and then you can start to slowly work on removing the layers so removing that nursing association while keeping the other sleep associations that you've just layered in. That way, baby has something to fall back on. And it's not quite as a, a, a quite a drastic change as it would be if you went from nursing baby to sleep and that's it, to not nursing and just trying to support baby to sleep through rocking or padding or something like that. So sleep associations are not bad. And it's okay for you to do what you need to do in the moment. To support your baby do what is easiest for you in that moment because there's always ch- time to change sleep associations and yes if you want to kind of set yourself up for success um You know, Success looks different for everybody, but what I mean by that is if you want to set your baby up with a really solid foundation and help them get to sleep in multiple different ways, which would then help other caregivers to put your baby to sleep, you can layer in those sleep associations from a very early age. And you really can practice using different associations and and methods of support to regulate your baby or help your baby to regulate. Um, But it's not necessary to do those things unless you want to, right? So always, always – Lean into your intuition. Listen to what your heart is telling you. Are you happy? Are you satisfied with the way that you support your baby to sleep? And if so, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. All that matters is that you're okay with it and that you, you are happy and that your baby's happy. And there is always time to make changes in the future. It's not, you know, I, I, a lot of people tell me, well, I was told that if I don't make this change now, it's going to be that much harder. And I really find that that's not true. I find that really the older babies get and when they reach toddler years, it often gets easier to change those associations because they are able to understand more. They're able to communicate better. And there's always going to be hard parts of it, but you don't have to change anything unless and until...